process podcast episode 371 you've still got a job so far oh my god sorry there was an ad playing on the phone i apologize that was very loud i didn't mean to scream so loud i was gonna say that was quite loud yeah i'm sorry i yeah. had to i've had a traumatic start to this thing already the power is like the circuit breaker's been tripped twice because there's so many fucking things plugged in everywhere it's fun that's life it's okay you know nothing wrong with that should be grateful that I have a circuit breaker to trip in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we started talking about dinosaurs, and now my mind's thinking about dinosaurs. About dinosaurs, yeah, like Quetzalcoatluses and pterosaurs and pteranodons. And if here's a hypothetical question, and it's not going to be if you could be one type of dinosaur, what would you be? Okay, I was prepared for that question. Okay, what what would your answer be? curiosity um, speculative um maybe a, is a mosasaur oh interesting big big ocean creature thing yeah they just look terrifying you know yeah they do that'd be very kind of terrifying fun. maybe like a giant i don't know some giant dragonfly that'd be weird that, that's kind of a that'd be a lame answer Ooh. actually like yeah. a big a big pterodactyl whatever the biggest one is from what i can see the quetzalcoatlus that one maybe that yeah. would be pretty sweet because you'd be huge but also mm-hmm. you could be flying that'd be pretty sweet that's basically what i was going to say that or a dilophosaurus which is like the one it's like a giant frilled lizard basically right like spits poison out of its frill things oh yeah the that's in that like the uh the og in Jurassic um, Park. Pa- yeah yeah in the car yeah and it like yes. it gets uh dennis i think the guy's name yeah. is it uh it, it sprays the poison at him and uh i always since i watched that scene that was always my favorite one i liked the frill i liked the idea that mm. um there there would be this organic pattern on the inside of the frill of the dilophosaurus on the i guess the skin or the scaly stuff um yeah that'd be pretty cool the real question i was going to ask was in the hypothetical situation that dinosaurs still existed today and coexisted with humans and instead of um tanks and stuff we used dinosaurs as warfare in the same way that uh people would ride horses into battle or into war way back when mm-hmm. but instead we used dinosaurs instead of domestic livestock what and you're like the army commander person mm-hmm. what would you uh what would you be riding <coughs> not to well, completely objectify a dinosaur but well that also <coughs> basically like a part of the plot of the Jurassic world first movie oh, with chris pat chris pratt chris pat chris pratt pratt i think i saw it in the theaters but that was yeah. when it came out well in that because so he's like the ago. keeper who takes cares of um the velociraptors right oh right, right. and there's a guy who's like a private uh, you know private military private security guy Mm-hmm. who has this program at the park and he's trying to convince Chris Pratt's character, the trainer, 
the keeper of these Lost Raptors, he's trying to create, convince him to help him create a program where they use the Lost Raptors for war. Oh, for human war. Right, so I, I would say I'd go with that answer because they're kind of, they would be really good. Mm-hmm. Would you do that if the other team also, if the other team, <laughs> the other if army. opposing countries also had access to Velociraptors? Like that's definitely a, the United States would have hundreds of them, probably thousands. Canada would have a few. Australia would have a few. Great Britain would have a few. Yeah. Um, Germany would have a few. Russia would have Velociraptors, but they would be like Velociraptors plus bears, probably. <laughs> Furry it's Velociraptors. It's a Velociraptor Furry. with a fur coat. Well, isn't that the theory that like dinosaurs weren't exactly as scaly as we thought they were? I think that's what's coming out now more more time goes on scientists believe i I think they believe now that a lot of the or majority of the dinosaurs that we all pictured as a scaly like a lizard were actually Mm -hmm. like covered in feathers or at least had a lot more feathers especially the velociraptor yeah which makes sense looks more like a bird the whole raptor the raptor entomology i think entomology is like the has something to do with words but whatever the appropriate ology is yep. that relates to like the lineage of a species. Um, right. That kind of makes sense. I have a hard time picturing a triceratops as furry. Oh, but do, okay. Here's something quick again, and then we'll get to the thing that you mentioned you wanted to bring up. Remember we're talking, this is probably two, three weeks ago, maybe, maybe four. Probably don't. Um, I don't know. A long time ago. No, but it, it was, it was the guy that we were talking about who was designing worked at McFarland toys as a designer for the dragons line. And then, uh, was working. He like made dinosaur models. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. He had a photo on his website. I have to find the, the link again. He had a photo on his website where he's doing like color studies and texture studies of and like facial studies of these different triceratops and like different ways of orienting the horns and everything. And it was just really cool. It was like cool iteration. And that's uh, that reminded me of it. Kind of like, again, be very Jurassic Park, Jurassic or Jurassic World specifically, where they, the scientists are trying to like create their own dinosaurs, right? That's where they like the bad guy, the bad, bad dinosaur of the movie oh, on the yeah. escapes is like a, is like a mix of like, it's like, I think it's like a, special custom variant design variant of a t-rex <laughs> so it's like a t-rex but it's it's all like white and it's got like raptor velociraptor in it and it's got other like dinosaur di- dna in it too. yeah and it's like a um yeah that'd be a I thing design your own dinosaur <laughs> i want mine to be bright red that'd be pretty crazy. I'm trying to remember the name of it jurassic world Beyond, um, is it the Indominus? Indominus Rex? Rex, yeah. I believe you might be correct. It's a pretty freaky looking dinosaur. I mean, for points for... Uh... Shit does remind me. It? I put. I saw a video on YouTube the other day pop up. It's in my watch layer. I haven't watched it yet because it's like three hours. And I think it's either like a podcast or like a, um, like a lecture or something. But it's oh, some cool. guy talking about creature design dude i have the same one saved it's like a cool thumbnail where it looks like stone like a carving or something 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to my watch later, and it wouldn't be um I wouldn't be surprised if we get fed the same stuff. Oh, that. I know. I think by now we've. How many times have you said? Yeah, you I watched it, and then you're like, "That's right." I'm like, dude, I saw that. Or I had that in my watch later. Well, it was like the other day, right? Because I I said that one architect, the famous English architect. I was like, mm-hmm. and then you're like, "Oh yeah, I watched that." Dude, I literally watched that last night. That's the trippy part. That's the part that really messes with my brain. Um, this was oh, I saw this a while back, so it could be a different video. Um, just scrolling through here. It was when I think I remember seeing it. Um, this is probably perhaps last. Uh, I want to say. Well, there's one with Cra- Mark Crash McCreary, monster artist spotlight designer Michael Ep- Epinette. Um, I don't know if that's the exact one. Are you talking about the one I was just talking about, that video? or? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember the name of it? I can pull it up on my watch later right now. The one with Crash McCreary, though, um, is really good. It's like an hour-long interview. and um, Oh, no. This one was like three hours, I think. Oh. Yeah, Stephen Crash McCreary worked on Zapata? Zap. Oh. Okay, so we've the algorithm has fed us some different shit. Yeah, it's I a like live that. stream. Uh, creature design with Steven Zapata. Yeah, it looks pretty sweet. Oh, wow. Yeah, do you see that for opening the thumbnail? I was like, oh, okay. Oh, my God. Okay. Queen's so, here. Oh, Gave me, like, Pro- so this- Prometheus, like, um, HR Geiger vibes, the thumbnail. Yeah. So this is on Proko's YouTube channel. Yes. Proko's like a crazy artist guy. Yes, and actually that is the video I said I was going to bring up and talk about was another video from that same channel because he has comic okay. book artists on. Oh, does And I was watching, cool. I believe so, that's the channel I was watching. And he had, wait, is it? Am I losing my shit? <laughs> um, but he had this, I was watching this video last night and it was this guy and he had it was like a live stream with a famous comic artist david finch david he was apparently one of the other like all-time greats um f-i-n-c-h yeah it is proco uh yeah f-i-n-c-h and it's like a three-hour live stream and david finch is just there sketching while the guy is like talking to him and asking him questions from the chat and stuff that's cool. Wow. And I think I was going to mention, which I thought maybe leading to something major is not as cool as I thought it was, but someone asked him this question and it was like about um, something about like drawing like body parts like really quickly, like ha- like kind of like, you know, like the illusion of detail. Yeah. And like how you can kind of BS like more detail in a very complex form in simple lines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something around that. I can't remember the exact question, but he was demonstrating on a little separate piece of paper of like, you know, as a comic artist, something you got to master, obviously, because you're drawing every day, all day, right? And you got to be able to produce sketches quickly. 
and he was talking about gesture drawing. Oh, interesting. In a way of like, and he quickly sketched out this like upper arm. It's like the shoulder, bicep, and then going into the elbow, and then maybe mm-hmm. like upper forearm, right? And he does it in like four lines in like te- in like a few seconds, right? And it's mm-hmm. a bunch of simple mm-hmm. lines, and already you're like, holy fuck, that does look like you know a muscular person where you have like, like a superhero mm-hmm. over exaggerated where you have the, the shoulder sticking out, and then the and then it comes down, then you have the divot, and then you have the bicep and the tricep, yeah. and then whatever right and it's really over exaggerated and just looks shredded and and then that's what he used the same thing when he's talking about shading as well <laughs> but he was talking about gesture drawing and saying how you know obviously as a comic artist you gotta learn anatomy because you're drawing people all the fucking time you gotta learn anatomy and you gotta learn to like you know complex anatomy so you can see these superheroes and then you know they got like little muscles everywhere right <laughs> doing it accurately but then also learning how to do it fast mm-hmm. and how to like get that accuracy or that like it looks real but it's over exaggerated because it's a superhero how to get that look but like fast and he was demonstrating some like gesture drawing of doing this arm over and over but like in a couple of lines mm-hmm. and instead of like trying to like construct it completely and be like okay so this is the proportion the shoulder would end here and then the biceps here and then the elbows there whatever instead of doing that or getting perspective bang on with construction i mean obviously it doesn't need to use that for like 30 40 years or whatever but doing it quickly as like a, a more of a gestural kind of form and then going in and out in the shading to make it look more complex and to give it that like 3d and everything and i the way like i when i was watching him do it i was like at least the way I see it, I was like, that's very similar to like the thought process of like, you know, when auto wouldn't be doing cars. And after mm-hmm. we learned some of the basics of like doing side views with proportion and wheel spacing and basic perspective, you know, things that we had to learn. Then like say Bruce would be like, you know, he would be trying to get us to kind of do the same thing. Like how can you imitate this really complex form in a few lines kind of like again can you draw this car in like three lines right can you can you show the structure and the form in a couple lines and some very minor like cross hatching or something right yeah and i just thought it was cool because it's a totally different thing that you're sketching but the application of that like mindset or that way of Mm -hmm. sketching of like Obviously, it's more advanced. You can't just you start there. You, it, it's like what you know what we always say with sketching, like one of those memes I remember seeing in school, where it's like you know, uh, beginning beginning design program, the sketches are really shit, and then it's like uh, graduating, and it's like re- like much better sketches. Really, then it's really like good. first year in the industry, and they're like top like epic sketches, and then it's like becoming a lead designer, and they're back to shit back to shit and it's that joke where it's like it looks like that but you have to go through all of like the basics and know Mm -hmm. how to do everything technically before you can bs it like you have to learn how to do it messy right which is like Mm -hmm. really backwards thinking right like that's why we would always see sketches or bruce do a quick or catherine a quick sketch like why is that better than mine but it's messy but it looks better and it's Mm -hmm. like well unfortunately you have to do years of not making it messy in order to learn how to be able to do it messy. But that was kind of what I was watching, but I just thought it was cool. Cause it was like, huh? Like 
that is very similar of like how do you how do you show the form in as little lines as possible and it just reminded That's me of true. like wow. yeah. you know drawing superheroes totally different than cars or fucking mouse or something but like even when you're drawing a mouse right like mm-hmm. even if you're not constructing it you do a few lines and then you go in and do some shading and really make it look 3D but I don't know I just thought it was cool I was like I was watching him do it. I was like, that's kind of an interesting little thing he was talking about. Of like, of imitating, like, imitating the detail in a way. Right. That's exactly that illusion what of it detail. is. You're creating the illusion of detail and you're giving the viewer just enough information that they can form like a mental picture of it in their head. But you're not necessarily, you're also not necessarily giving them all the information. Exactly. To the point where it looks too realistic that then if it looks too realistic, then you can easily start to pick out the points where it's like, oh, well, that's uh Yeah, that elbow looks a, a little off, off or something. Elbow or... looks a little off. Exactly. And like, I'm not a, I can't really draw people. I can kind of draw hands a little bit, but it's so loose it's, and it's, it's so tough. inconsistent. And it's like, it's very hard and there's obviously an element of practice, but it's just not something that I'm uh, intent on putting practice into because it's not what jazzes me up. What jazzes me up is like drawing cool, fast looking stuff Mm -hmm. or interesting looking footwear or just stuff that's not a product altogether, like snakes. Snakes are cool. Um or it's doing the playground stuff. Like I, I do enjoy doing the playground stuff. It's procedural in the, in the sense that typically I'll work off of an overlay and I'll be, if I have an overlay and if I'm, if I don't, then I'm conjuring it up in little doodles and then figuring out a final larger form. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, and I see it with work too, especially with like the lead designer at work, Nathan, where He'll draw like a tower, a slide, and a whole bunch of other interaction interaction bits inside of a tower in a manner of like 30 seconds. But you read it as a tower. You read the slide as being a solid, round, tubular thing that wraps around two or three times before coming out onto the ground. You read the internal bits of rope or whatever it is as what it's intended to be. But from a technical standpoint, from a viscom perspective it's not a very good sketch from and that's looking at it purely from the technical sense the perspective is a bit weird the lines don't all add up the line weight may be inconsistent or it could all it could be a mono line weight illustration but when you whack a little bit of color on it in photoshop and you're able to kind of juxtapose it and put it in place it actually fits perfectly well and you you can contrast that easily with a sketch that I would do when I started work that would take maybe an hour or two hours and it's got all the detail. But for some reason, it looks a lot less compelling than this thing that took 30 seconds to a minute to two minutes as an example. And I noticed that with, especially when it comes to doing the shoes, like when we started drawing shoes in, I guess technically we started in first year, didn't we? We had some shoes in our our sketchbook assignments. But I remember second year was when I got really, really into drawing them. And 
drawing the soles of the shoes was always tricky because you want to imply that there's like a lot of tread and a lot of detail as opposed to just having a flat underside. But how do you do that where it's curving in like three directions, basically yeah. you have a compound curve and you begin to just place lines seemingly arbitrarily. But when you look back at it, you're like, okay, yeah, there's, there's texture there. There's grip there, but you can only really do that once you've done that posture of that shoe in that orientation a specific number of times mm -hmm. and i do relate to that a little bit when it comes to the car stuff like as i've practiced on my own i noticed that now compared to when i started when i started drawing on my own i would basically try and like illustrate each line and eat each component because, well, if the line starts here, then it has to end somewhere and it can't just end in the middle of the car. Therefore, I need to illustrate that this goes all the way back. Right. But that's not necessarily the case because if you're using that to imply a gesture or you're implying the form, I think there's a, there's a, there's a difference, and this is coming out like as I speak, but there's a difference between defining it, which I'm going to say as is like the outlining way of doing something, and then implying it, which is playing with positive and negative space, light and shadow to create the form. Yeah, it was like when uh, Anders Warming talks about how he came up with the initial conception for the Z4, it didn't come from outlining the car and then illustrating the details. It came from following figure drawing classes and being more gestural and using the like the full wrist of movement so you get something that's very long and sweeping as opposed to like up close to the the top of the pen uh like we're typical to do but it's using that to define the form or using that to imply the form and then you're able to create an outline from that yeah and rather than the other way around and that as i'm thinking about it now maybe that's like a continuation of that where you're using these simple lines to imply that there's um, a bulge here and a raise there and a divot here without having to draw the outline of the arm and draw the outline of the muscles. You're, you simply, you're simply using those lines and those gestures. That's, yeah. That's deep. Yeah. I, I, I was watching. I was like, man, that's, it's like, it's like when I see Sanguine Sayak and he's like, he's catching a car and sometimes he'll like sketch essentially like the outline of the car mm -hmm. and like maybe that's because the one he records is like the 18th one he's drawn that day so he just knows what designs like already but still like doing it freehand like the outs kind of the outer line of a vehicle in perspective and everything and then filling in i like it's kind of like that i'm like holy shit like how do you just like know what the form is Without mm -hmm. building off of other forms you place. Like that's because I know I always start with the wheels usually and then build the arches and then the A pillar and then the roof line and kind of start with one element and then build off of it. Mm -hmm. And then that's when you see someone who like draws it a different way like that and you're just like, holy shit. Like, oh. That's the thing. Like there's no hard and fast rule. There's no correct way to do it. Like, Sanguine Sayakos can start with an outline and define the space inside of it totally well. Other people, if you give them an outline, you give them a box, basically. Yeah. 
the rest of their thing looks like a box. It doesn't necessarily fit the profile that they've been given. Right. And that's simply just because like their understanding of form isn't isn't fully there. And understanding form is like that's a I would almost wager that that's one of the hardest skills to learn and to understand oh. and to master. Especially with understanding form. Cars and people, right? Human anatomy mm-hmm. or animal anatomy. It's like Oh, forget it. It's so complex. It is. That's why I draw snakes. Yeah. Because those are pretty easy, relatively speaking. Compared to like but yeah, a jacked compared bicep, to a horse. Yeah, yeah a, a horse's kangaroo. leg or something, yeah. Or like imagine a human torso that's twisting. Yeah. Like good. Yeah, like you know those shots and it's like, you know, Superman and he's like kind of winding back for a punch or he's dodging something, whatever, and he's like has his right arm up, but he's also twisting back you've got obviously Mm -hmm. these absolutely like over exaggerated like the rock but also like defined (laughs) like like the like bigger than the rock but also like completely chiseled yeah and you're like how do you like draw all of that first of all but then like while it's twisting in a really weird like organic looking pose right yeah and have it not come off looking stiff yeah exactly yeah that's like that's one thing i'm i'm going through now is a lot of the drawings that i'm doing are coming out stiff looking like this is work specific but a lot of the drawings are coming out stiff looking and that's okay because it's not like the stuff that we're designing is going to be moving at all unless it's a swing right and there's you're not really designing the swing the swing kind of comes as is yeah but from a sense of excitement it's a lot nicer to look at something that appears to be in motion even if it's not even if you know it's not it's more there's a sense of interest that is added there's a sense of visual excitement that you get when you're looking at it and if it just looks stiff like it's just kind of stuck there like you might as well just take a photo and do something like that or just if it's going to look stiff you might as well just get a computer model and do it instead yeah um so tackling the whole stiffness in um, in sketching is uh, is one that I'm dealing with now. And now that I say it and bring it up, probably should pay attention to that a bit more. I was gonna say too, that's kind of like how it gets tackled. You know, I would do like a third year, maybe beginning of third year, like a side view of a car, and I've just learned how to do it more like a one point perspective, and it looks a bit more legit. Blah blah. And then you'd all, I'd always start with like the ground plane, right? Like the ground mm-hmm. line. Or, and then when you do it in like perspective, you, a ground line or something. And sometimes I find the sketch itself looks stiff. Right. Like, that's one of the things I love about the car, car design and the sketches, car sketches, is like when they're really accurate, they look boring because it looks like, like, a, like an elevation view, like a technical mm-hmm. drawing, right? Which is like, well for a concept sketch that's not the point the point is to be gestural mm-hmm. that's why things are you know lines don't fully meet or like the far side of the car is super light and you barely see it some details aren't even filled in it's the proportion is exaggerated or the perspective is exaggerated right mm-hmm. there's no wheels it's obviously slammed it's you know it looks like it's twisting whatever and that to me makes on the page looks a lot less stiff like it actually looks like it's not just the sketch itself is creative, but the actual placement on the page is creative. Right. 
you know it kind of goes back to again first year where it's like okay you draw your your mouse or whatever okay you get good at it and then you learn how to do a little ground like a drop shadow or and or you put in like a grounding box too and then once you have those on the page all of a sudden your sketch is like whoa like a simple little box behind it and a simple shadow below it and it looks way better it looks more real it looks like it's sitting on something it's more 3d rather than like just a random sketch right yeah 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 there's a big difference in that because it's it's like the little details it's putting a frame on it so to speak but it's a similar thing with shoes where and there's like positives and negatives of it because you want it to be anatomically correct and make it look like someone could wear it um and i know that's a criticism of uh richard like that richard kaczynski will always say is Concept sneakers are cool and all, but I want to know that it's actually going to fit my foot, that it's practical, that it makes sense. And some of the sketches that are out there, like some of the sketches that I saw when I was in offsite, just like perusing through inspiration and primarily focusing on footwear stuff, a lot of the footwear stuff is like super whack and there's no way that your foot would ever be able to yeah. fit into it. I feel but like at the that's... same time, you also have to push the boundaries for the sake of excitement and attracting the viewer. Yeah, I'm gonna say that's like I feel like this whole other conversation I talk about, because I don't oh, entirely yeah. agree with that. With him, that it, that, um, now I'm not saying all the time, but no, because if it was there like should be the ability to draw something anatomically. Yes, yes. If it was like more like, your client, this is what we're thinking, kind of thing. Yes, but if it's like an early conceptual sketch, I'm like, it's the same argument with concept cars. Those aren't yeah. practical. Those aren't realistic. There's realistic enough where you like can see when it's like, you know, oh, that's I'll never be on the road. It's like, yeah, this is 20. This is a concept from 2080. And then you're like, oh, I've been 2080. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. It's just realistic enough to persuade you. That you're like, okay, yeah, one day that would be possible. One day. And like, yeah. that's the point, right? Like, you know, there's a guy following Instagram who does like concept shoes all the time. And some of them are like, or all of them are really crazy whack. And the, the photo bashing is excellent. It looks sick. I think they might even be CAD models. They're so nice. Wow. But they're wild. Like, this is like Paris Week, Paris Fashion Week runway in like 2075. Like, it is whack, oh, right? Shit. But I oh, look at shit. that, and I'm like, that gets me more hyped about shoe design than anything else I see about shoes because, yeah, not it's not realistic. You wouldn't fit half that on your feet. You couldn't walk in them. You know, true. But that to me is like, well, you're looking at it not just like, oh, again, go back to Bruce with like, if you're designing a car, a futuristic car, you probably shouldn't look at other cars. That's also that's also very true. When I see that guy with his shoes, it's like he's doing something so trying to do something so conceptually different with shoes. He's not looking at shoes; they're not treating it as a shoe that he's designing. You know what we conceive as that's a shoe. the mindset shift. It's very that's conceptual. I mean, it's different. Obviously, that's not if clients like well, we want something produced. What is it going to look like before we do the technical drawings to send off to a manufacturer? And then you send them that, and they're like, "How the fuck are we going to make this? What the fuck is this?" Obviously, yeah, it's two they, different applications. But they yell at you. I see that. I'm like, "Holy shit! That looks that's way better." You know? Yeah. And I like it. I like that a lot. I like the the funky looking sketches. But, and I like to do the stuff that's mm-hmm. super wild because there's kind of no rules with it. You can kind of do whatever 
shouldn't say you can do whatever you want, but the the world is your oyster mm-hmm. at such a stage. But knowing that not everybody thinks creatively, not everybody thinks like a designer, I'll also have that in the back of my head where it, it almost needs to be illustrated to someone who won't be able to understand that. But still balancing that with enough excitement that it doesn't look static and boring. Yeah. And that's the tricky part. Because it's like, well, yeah, it's the balance. And it's finding that balance. And I think I'm a bit too close to the, I'm too close to the stiff side right now. And I know that. So got to loosen up, get loosey goosey. Sketch more cars with a big fat marker. Dude, I need to get more big fat markers. That's true. Yeah, that's a vibe. That's what we need to do. Yeah, man. I mean, I was literally at above ground on my birthday when we went downtown for like a playground thing. And like we were literally behind above ground and I didn't go in, didn't get a chance. And I haven't been back there since. Maybe when, maybe when I get the new tattoo, go there beforehand obviously I go there beforehand get some art stuff get some marcaronis and sketchbooks and or just fucking order it online it's easier that yeah. way much easier that way and then it all shows up in a nice box that'll be better i think but yeah that's uh i like that i like that that topic that you brought up i, thought it was I have something cool. that i i think it's really interesting you're cool I think it's really interesting. I have something that we can talk about on tomorrow, something Ooh. that I've been learning from good old mate Andrew Tischler. And I'll Ooh. I'll give you a little preview of it right now. Cause he's like basically back on he's doing podcasts again and he's back doing like regular YouTube videos. He's got one where it's like a Photoshop tutorial that it came out the Ooh. other day. Um Him on Photoshop, seems to be like be basically how he's painting in Photoshop, I think, from what I gather. Um, but it seems really interesting. Hey, where's the photo? I that took seems a like it'd be really cool to watch. It does. I'm going to watch that tonight. So he always asks himself these three questions, and this is what we can work out tomorrow. Is And this is in relation to um, a painting, and an, an artwork, a composition. But I think it's also applicable to evaluating a design, evaluating a yeah. concept or an idea. But he asks, what's working? what's not working, and what if. And that, ladies and gentlemen, mm. will be tomorrow on the Process Podcast. Very exciting things. Big brain action today. I like that, Zach. Thank you for bringing that to the table. Well, I do have to shout out good old Steven. Oh. Because he messaged me earlier and was like, Aww. just listen to the, the last episode. Congrats oh, on the job. what a guy. And everything. And I, I so... Shout out to Steven. Thank oh, you. Shout out Steven. I appreciate it. I told Steven that he's got to come back on soon. Yeah. Because we haven't seen him in a, in a long time. Like That is true. Last August, was it? Was it really long ago? Holy shit. <laughs> I think it was August. Oh, my God. It doesn't feel that long ago, um, but apparently, okay. If that's the case, then wow. I'll do a, I'll do a quick is, check here. I want to say it was right before my birthday. It's one of those things that feels like it's not that long ago, but also long ago. I guess. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, I didn't think it was that long. We're almost halfway through February. Yes. Yeah. 
That's spooky. That is pretty spooky, uh, actually. Stephen Bacowie. What episodes is he on? It was a long time ago. 269. So literally 100 plus episodes ago. Oh, my god. That gosh. was uh, September 20th, 2021. Oh, my God. Wow. Steven, yeah, I remember that. That Yeah, that's that. it doesn't feel long ago, but apparently, wow. That's wild, man. Wow. Yeah, we talked about um, uh, his thesis project, doing what you love, having high-functioning depression, the importance of balance. Great episode, everybody. 269, Stephen Bacowie on taking breaks and finishing school. Uh, you want to check that out. You can find that and all other podcast stuff and uh if you just give us a follow give us a little like on the wherever the heck you listen to podcasts on and uh yeah that just about wraps us up so if you're curious about anything email us hi at bigdesigncompany.com ask us a question you can also visit www.bigdesigncompany.com you can also send podcast questions to hi.theprocesspodcast at gmail.com and my good sir, my viciously employed mm. junior model maker compadre. That sounds Zach a lot better Wilson. than viciously unemployed, doesn't it? It does. It, it's got a good ring to it. It does whole, sound a lot better. That whole paycheck I thing, say is, that. I think it's going to work out really well for I, you. I think it will, yes. Um, but what's our Instagram? The process underscore underscore podcast. Superb. Superb. Ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. The process.